0: a smaller piece of France? Hi, doggie. France.
1: Ah! That's, that's France. It's hey! from the um, Jesse J. Shebangs shreds oh, video. Yeah.
0: You know, somebody posted hey! a um, clip from Magruder? Magruber. <clears throat> um And I forgot about this because no one really posted this, but do you remember the song? That um, Kristen Wiig sings. No, she she sings like a folk song, okay. and it's just literally like a run-on sentence. That, like, yeah, doesn't stop for like almost four minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> it's so <clears throat> funny. And so he posted that whole thing. I was like, I forgot the scene was in there. Is mm. that movie's so good?
1: Yeah, it's been a while. And
0: you, you well, you watched the TV show too, right? And you liked it.
1: I don't think so. What, you didn't watch MacGruber? Was there only one season? Mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't watch the whole thing.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so talk should, to. We, should we jump into it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, what do you want to talk about?
0: So, well, I mean, obviously we got the main thing we're going to talk about. Do you have anything you want to talk about up front that's not Last of Us?
1: Uh well we watched all of Fleischman is in trouble. And what do you you think? Julia loved it. I found it to be too depressing to Mm. you know what I mean? I liked it. I get it's great. Everything about it is great. It's very insightful. It's too insightful. It's so insightful it made me depressed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it is the it is the exact mood I was going through when I was quarantined with COVID a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. Mm. Just sort of like reflecting on middle age, I guess, and feeling incredibly nostalgic for being that age, you know like Uh, late college years, sort of late college, late 20s. Um, And the show is kind of about that and then kind of about realizing how much life sucks almost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just was hard for me to watch, but I recognize how good it is.
0: Yeah, it's... um... Can I ask you? Spoiler alert for the ending. Um, do you think that that's really her in the doorway at the very end?
1: Um, I never had any reason to not think that. I mean, in you mean in terms of like, is it just a complete figment, or is mm-hmm. it somebody else? Co- complete I mean, figment, it's really. Yeah, I don't. I mean that had that didn't happen anywhere else in the show, right?
0: Yeah, I I well, I feel like as it goes on to me it felt a little more like because like, it's it's also kind of about the fracturing of your psyche, right? Like um Claire Danes has a full-blown Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mental break, you mm-hmm. know, or uh nervous breakdown. And at the end you kind of have this acceptance of where they're at in their life. Well, not from her end, but from Mm -hmm. his. And then all of a sudden there she's at the door and it just felt like it was more of a poetic ending than an actual one that, that, yeah, to me.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's also, it's obviously the ending that, um. what's her name in the show? Oh, that, that wrote it. Kaplan, right, that, that, so that wrote, she I, I wrote finished, the ending. Right?
0: Yeah, I've, I finished it a while ago, so I am mm-hmm. trying to, that's what, I, I took the ending as like her, her book.
1: Yeah, so you that's what I was going to say. So from that point forward, it kind of just follows what she thinks the ending of the book should be. And so, yeah, you could just chalk it up to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It. it I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Like, it hit me pretty hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could. <laughs> and and I think say. with the mood of the show, too, the ending does not fall in line with that, I feel like. the The entire rest of the show is pretty bleak about relationships and about where these people are at and how well they can or can't get along. And the end of the show is like a reversal of all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, yeah, we'll we'll just going to start over basically. Mm-hmm. And we'll figure it out.
0: See, yeah, I didn't. And again, maybe that's the the place in my life um, I took it as more of the, the literal book ending. I mean, I think it's super Lizzie Kaplan's character arc is super depressing. For sure. Like her ending is kind of like just got to stick it out
1: yeah yeah for sure her um, her her more so than Jesse Eisenberg exactly, for sure exactly and um what was the feeling you got about um Seth's situation
0: uh the other friend
1: yeah is he going to be because essentially um Lizzie Kaplan and Jesse Eisenberg are in pretty much the same situation more more or less except it seems like Lizzie Kaplan's going to try and stick it out. Mm-hmm. And she's also, um, well, I guess it, yeah, I don't know. But then the the friend, you know, he's kind of at the start. Maybe you could make the argument. He's at the start of where they started at. Mm-hmm. Everything's mm-hmm. great. Everything's perfect. Is he going down the same road, though? I,
0: I take it that he's going to be on the same road, but adjacent, like he's going to run into the same problem of like, you can't reform yourself with marriage, yeah. you know? And I think that he's looking for a system to resolve his loneliness and there's no system that can do that. Mm-hmm. So good. Okie dokie. Yeah, Fleischman is in trouble, I think is very good. Snuck under the radar. Um, Came out in like December. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just no fanfare or anything like that.
1: Um, I wonder why it's called Fleischman is in trouble. Because it, it seems like, and obviously based on who the author is, like, Lizzie Kaplan's character and story is more of the central story. It felt like, to me, even though I, I think probably technically Jesse Eisenberg gets more screen time or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but she's the narrator. Mm-hmm. She ends the show. You know
0: what I mean? I kind of took it as it could go for both of them. Like, sure. technically, when they're married, he, you know, Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes, it's like... Fleischman's intro. Which one? Well, Mm -hmm. both of them. Um, The other thing that they'll say that the first thing that surprised me about the show were the hospital scenes. For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the way that they portrayed him at work. Mm -hmm. And a hospital setting is something that uh, in TV has been done to death. And I don't know what they did. I can't pinpoint it. Maybe I was just in the right headspace for the whole entire show, but I was super engaged in him as a doctor Mm -hmm. and the way he interacted with his patients and seeing him in the, you know, uh, the the students. I don't know. All of it, all of it really worked. It's just, it felt like a really well-made, well-thought-out, like, adult drama. Yeah. Very good. Okay. The thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into The Last of Us kind of ties into last of us. Hamburger. And this is a point I've been trying to make for over 10 years. We have to keep our country gate sometimes with you and I've never done it and I feel like maybe I'm due. Okay. Maybe I'm due to finally understand what I'm trying to say. But from a whore. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I I've been listening to the Little Yachty album and Ew. okay, what yeah, and uh, you haven't listened, DD Mega Doo Doo, right? So, uh-huh. I've been listening to the Little Yachty album <clears throat> and I've been having a similar kind of um engagement with that as I have with the last episode of The Last of Us, okay, and I wanted to try and like walk through it with you and it also goes back to the question I asked you about what are you looking for out of the last of us? Mm -hmm. I think I understand what I was trying to get at when I asked you that. Okay. I think it's this. So what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to triangulate myself in the midst of kind of critical reactions to media shows, books, whatever music. And What I found, because right now I feel very alienated from it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like Little Yachty, I start listening to the album, I'm not a Little Yachty fan, Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know what got me listening to it other than every Friday morning, when I go into work, I just look at what's new, Mm -hmm. and I'll listen to a bunch on the way into work. And I remember listening to the first song and being like, this is really interesting. And so I listened to the album, and I had a really good time. Then what happens is you get a critical response, usually by people who are invested in whatever, like, community that that piece of art, you know, is kind of built towards Mm -hmm. or is trying to address. So in this episode of The Last of Us, which is episode three, Mm -hmm. um, you have the story of Bill and Frank. And I saw an article on Prime Timer where this author's basically saying he despised the episode for its toothless portrayal of LGBTQ characters and how he felt like it completely defanged them, especially when you, when you compare them to the game. And then you have Pitchfork's review of the little Yachty album mm-hmm. where basically the author Goes into like Lil Yachty has come out pretty directly and said they he, he made this album because he wants to be taken seriously as an artist. And the guy on Pitchfork was basically, you know, saying how he feels like that's code for he wants to be taken seriously by white musicians mm-hmm. uh, and white people. Um, what the Pitchfork article. Here's a quote from Yachty. I really wanted to be taken seriously as an artist, not just some SoundCloud rapper or some mumble rapper. This is the speech rappers are obligated to give when it comes time for the drum loop to take a backseat to guitars, for the rapping to be muted in favor of singing, for the ad libs to give it up for the background singers and for the brigade of white producers with plaque lined walls to be invited into the fold. So when I read initial takes like that, I feel like I've I have no dog in the race. I, I'm I'm not part of the community that I feel like that's speaking to, both as not a fan of Lil Yachty before this album, and not facing again that kind of not having the experience that, that uh reviewers clearly had. Mm-hmm. And for this episode, again, LGBTQ writers, I should probably take a back seat, right? Hey, if they want to write an article saying, I really hated this depiction of LGBTQ characters, I don't feel like I need to step in and be like, "Uh, let me explain to you why you're absolutely wrong. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. I don't feel like I need to engage in those criticisms or that conversation because it doesn't. It doesn't address me. You sure. Know what I mean? Then there's the next reaction. The next reaction are people who will jump on social media. And again, these are usually people that I follow. So I value some of their perspective. Mm-hmm. And the response will be something like, can you imagine being someone who likes the new Lil Yachty album, thinks it's good music? Mm-hmm. Or can you imagine being someone who is moved by... Uh, the Last of Us, mm-hmm. like, go read Harry Potter again or whatever.
1: It's <laughs> a little too close to home, huh?
0: Well, so, so, this is, so this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm trying to work through. Uh-huh. And the reason why I come to you for this is because I genuinely respect your opinion. We have divergent kind of expectations for media. Which is what I think I was getting <clears throat> to in my question to you, because you can evaluate something strictly from your opinion and be comfortable being like, "I'm not going to listen to that. I don't <laughs> like that." Steven uh-huh. Spielberg's overrated. Uh huh. You know, and just <clears throat> that's your perspective, and that's it. It yep. that
1: sounds like me.
0: <laughs> it does sound like you. And so for me i I kind of blame my religious background for making for making me grow up with this idea that there's a right and wrong way to think about stuff, mm-hmm. especially like the most important stuff, that you can think about God wrong. If that's true, what that should do is it should make you talk way less about about it. Mm-hmm. Instead, what I found was as I started becoming very concerned about how how I was talking about things that I was believing in or was told to believe in. And I realized no one cared the same about it as I did. Right. It didn't matter if you were a pastor or whatever. When I would go to them and be like, I really don't understand this. I'm really, they'd be like, chill out. Yeah. Just calm down. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I? You're, you're telling me that there's a right and wrong way to think about this. And so by the time I started to get a better grip on all of that, it was too late. I was, I, I'm a, I'm a lost cause. I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. I'm a lost cause, nerd, and dork, because I'm the one who, even in the back of my head, I'm going to hear a joke and laugh at it, and then 15 minutes later, I'm going to go back and back. like, let's, let's really dig into why I thought that was yeah. funny. Let's Think actually, about it too much. Yeah, and let's <laughs> pull it apart and let me try and find the reasons for this. <laughs> so I understand that fundamentally. I'm talking about opinion and ultimately probably trying to get to a place where I feel confident in my opinion to say that Lil Yachty, the new album, I liked it. I've mm-hmm. driven around to it. I've cooked to it. it.
1: It's enjoyable. Yeah, I think you need to spend less time on Twitter, TBH, because I spend most of my social media time on Reddit. And everyone on Reddit loved the Lil Yachty album. The indie head subreddit loved it. The hip-hop head subreddit loved it. Never saw a bad word about it. Everyone on the Last of Us subreddit loved episode three. Loved it so much that some people are calling it the greatest on-screen romance ever. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just seems like, I mean... I think the – we've talked about this before, but I think the sort of – there is a, a a trap maybe or maybe just a tendency for like left-leaning figures to kind of be negative about everything, right? Like I think the Chapo guys have started doing this a lot recently, and it's really gotten annoying where they just kind of shit on everything. Mm-hmm. And then they talk an hour and a half about the new Avatar movie. And it's like, all right, whatever. I'm glad you love it. But, like, don't then crap on everything Ryan Johnson has done, even though at this point I <laughs> you, agree. You. <laughs> but there is something else they also brought up. And it's like, okay, not everything has to be, like, if you don't like it, the worst thing ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that, I think that also is a little bit maybe not a left thing. Maybe that's just a Twitter thing. You know what I mean?
0: Well, the 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 part that gets to me, so the part that complicates it for me is that I also I engage in a lot of like me. I read a lot of books. I listen. We've talked about my book rating system. Mm-hmm. Number number one, let me just say a five point rating system is too small, especially when you can't give halves to anything. Right. So my good reads is just full of like. What do you think of this classic literature, four stars? What do you think of this book where <clears throat> there's a chain of kidnappings where you have to kidnap the next kid to keep this chain going and pay a ransom? Like, four stars. You mm. know what I mean? It's like, I I, I just kind of like, yeah, I engaged it. It kept my m- mind busy or whatever else. You know, music. And I don't want to be somebody who just kind of swallows – culture whole mm-hmm. and I want to so another good example is like the Marvel debate you know mm-hmm. ultimately I'm on the side of Scorsese and my their theme park rides mm-hmm. and they are bad for culture sure so then do I become somebody who just that's how I lead with my like movie Mm -hmm. takes that they are like they're pure shit they're bad for culture you know or do i do what i do now which is watch them with my son they're they're going to exist either way like who who cares you know what i mean
1: yeah i think i think part of the problem is It seems like one side of the argument is making that argument to say, like, this thing shouldn't exist at all. You know what I mean? And I think the issue, probably the bigger issue with all the Marvel stuff, and not just Marvel, Disney in general, is that it's gotten such a huge foothold the into, the, into culture that you can no longer ignore it. And it's also kind of pushing other stuff out of the way. You know, like... They're almost, well, not always, but since, like, the 90s, there have been big, mindless, dumb action movies, right? Which is all the Marvel stuff is, just entertainment, you know what I mean? Speed, great action movie, great. one of the stupidest things I've ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not, it doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. It's great. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but, like I said, I think the problem is how, like, ubiquitous it's become.
0: Right, and and the the other point that I think people are making that I'm sensitive to, and this is also to be blamed on me getting into more books and book culture. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, like, book talk, book TikTok was a thing. Mm. But apparently there's, like, a huge, like, space for book reactions. Mm. Where it's like, watch me cry to this book. (laughs) And I've seen people who, like... Their whole YouTube channels are like, let me review the latest book talk book and shit all over it and just mm-hmm. show you how stupid it is. How <laughs> yeah, how it's just designed to get you to, like, read this and cry. Like, it's built for influencers. Mm-hmm. Read this cry, get people to watch you cry. and be like, right. oh, I want to cry and, and be performative about it. And that's the same thing with, that you could make or that I saw some people make about this last episode of The Last of Us. Uh-huh. Which is, let's show this romance. Let's sand off a lot of the edges. Let's make it like very palatable and sweet and saccharine and more like digestible. Mm-hmm. And pump it out there into the world. So that all the people who have just, like, had all the edges round sanded off of all the media that they intake because they only watch and read, like, the stuff that's manufactured for them to, like, look in a camera and cry and go, oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, oh, look at me. It's just another way for you to just kind of it, – it it's lukewarm, right? it does, It's not like – transgressive in any way, doesn't push any boundaries, it performatively pushes those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And I am like, yeah, I'm all for it. At the same time, like I can watch this episode of The Last of Us and be like, that was really good. That was really well acted. And understand from like a f- show running standpoint, again, I don't know about the whole arc of the story, but based on just what everyone says, this story is, like, very dark and not hopeful. Yeah. Even part two. So I understand where if you have this narrative that could be very dark, why you would want to make it lighter if the whole season's going to be dark. Then why not take Bill and Frank and be like, let's not have that be as depressing as we could make it. Yeah. Because we want to balance it out. So I can I can do that a lot easier because I'm just like a viewer just watching. At the same time, like, do I wish that we lived in a world where The Last of Us was not seen as a viable television property because we're getting so much unique, good, original TV content? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I but but I don't live in that world. So it's it's hard for me to find that, find that balance where I can both look at the films and TV, like everything, everywhere, all at once, or like Babylon, and be like, is it corny? Is it hokey? Yeah. Is it five stars? No. Is it three? Decent? Fine? People tried something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And be like, okay with that, and not be like, you're selling out the opportunity of utopia where all that bullshit is seen as bullshit because there's actually, like, good, Mm. objectively, like, challenging, you know, Charlie Kaufman-esque, like, analytical, deep stuff. And instead, you're getting all worked up over Lil Yachty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not getting worked up over Lil Yachty. I like the album. That's it. You know what I mean? I'm not like... And is he doing something derivative? Maybe. Sure. Yeah. You know, do I wish that I was listening to a band that was doing this sound like on a tame Impala level where it's just like high musicianship all the way through and not a guy with a okay voice just trying to make something artistic? Sure. But Lil Yachty did it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it came across my, my, my plate and yeah, I ate it. I ate it and I liked it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I feel about this episode of The Last of Us. Where I watched it, it's good, and then I see all this discourse around it, and I'm just like, yeah, listen, uh, on a big level, I probably agree with a lot of the criticisms. And on a base level,
1: I don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Um, Yeah, that's interesting because, like I said, I... I don't look look anywhere for like uh, <clears throat> these sorts of conversations. I just I'm on Reddit, and everyone on Reddit loved the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? <clears throat> um, I I want to say from at the very beginning I knew. <laughs> I want to say that I genuinely love the show. Uh, I think the show is great when it comes to actually watching the show. I feel the same feeling I had with the white Lotus where this episode started and I saw it was over an hour long, long. like an hour and seven minutes long. And I was like, this might have to be a two parter for me, Mm -hmm. but I get 45 minutes or so into it. And I'm kind of like, I could watch this for another hour, two hours. I kind of don't want it to end, right? With that being said, for some reason, it's also the kind of show that I just want to nitpick all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think some of it probably does have to do with the, um, the audience. I'm probably nitpicking more of the audience than the show itself. But I thought it was great. I thought the episode was great. I liked it. I liked watching it. I think going... So going back to a couple of things you said, when it comes to representation, yeah, not my game. I don't know. I'm not gay, so this is not representing me. So I can't speak to, like, how I feel it's... um,
0: Representing these characters. Representing
1: the culture, right? Mm -hmm. What I can say is, as a straight white guy who's, for 40 years, watched straight white people go through this exact same storyline, right? It felt like that to me, which I think is great, is a, is a step forward. And it reminded me of, I, I want to say maybe it was on The Champs, but a long time ago, there was some listening to something... And they were talking about represent, representation in culture. And you will know that uh, black people and gay people and Asian people are being represented equally in culture when they can release something that's terrible or whatever. And it's not viewed as the black movie that was terrible. It's just viewed as a bad movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of what it reminded me of. Maybe this relationship is super saccharine and sweet and over the top and blah, blah. Okay, there's a hundred million of those same stories in every TV and movie ever made. You know what I mean? So it's like, who cares on that end of it? The only thing I have to say about
0: representation really quick is it's also shocking to me if you look at Culture today, yeah, there is still an assault on gay people. Yeah, like for sure. You know what I mean? So part of me too is like, good, yeah, yeah. like I don't care. Make make the all the um serial mascots gay. Like mm-hmm. put in all the commercials. I don't care because our culture is such that there, there's like traction there to sit there and be like all these people in the LGBTQ community are groomers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so no, I'm all for like rep, like more representation down the line, even stuff that people would say, well, that's kind of shoehorned in. I'm like, yeah, look around our culture, shoehorn it in. Mm-hmm. No.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things that is most, um, is the most powerful about it, at least for me, is also kind of the same reason that it, I don't feel like it affected me as much, but <clears throat> is I feel like it is presented, like I just said, presented and handled as just a normal relationship that you would see any other couple go through on you know ABC or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's no like strides taken to be like look at these gay people. Gay people are normal, too. You know what I mean? It just is a your stereotypical love story. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, Uh-oh. something we talked about before, last episode, I f- don't, like I said, love watching the show, very entertaining, but I don't, get any sense of like commentary any sense of like anything outside of just telling a story mm-hmm. which is fine nothing wrong with that but because of that because everything is kind of like contextless i it, i feel like the the relationship and everything did not affect me that much great story <laughs> liked watching it i did not feel particularly sad at the end i didn't feel any certain way towards the characters just felt like I walked, watched a good episode of TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you know the
0: um, the video game story? <laughs> yeah, I actually saved it. Okay, I, I definitely want to walk through that. Did you read about it? Because so it's
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: i read a little bit. The, the thing that stood out to me most is the letter that Frank writes Bill. Right. That you find in the game. Um, but really quickly, do you want to just kind of summarize... The video game story, we can kind of talk about that before we jump back into
1: Yeah, the so show. I saved a post of somebody who uh posted, he said he liked the video game version of the story more. He said, in the game, Frank and Bill's relationship turned sour because Bill didn't change and continued to be in full-on survivor mode. Frank, le- that was the other thing, too. At The entire time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, <laughs> because we haven't played the games, I'm thinking, there's no way this... Is happening in the, like, I can't even picture how this would take place in the game, right? Anyways, uh, Frank left his town in spite and got bitten, then hung himself and left a pretty toxic message, iterating his hatred towards Bill. Mm -hmm. Seems like a pretty bad ending relative to their heartwarming fate in episode three, doesn't it?
0: Have you seen the letter?
1: I watched the whole sequence. Did you watch the sequence? No, I didn't watch the sequence. I did see the letter. The, the letter also said, "like I hate you" or I something. I hate you, right? And and I, I, watching the sequence, uh, Bill, who's the right Bill, is equally as adamant about like how much he hates Frank. <laughs> it's so strange,
0: right? And so,
1: what and
0: what the article in in Prime Timer was talking about is how like that conflict it deepens the questions, you know, of the relationship and of the Mm -hmm. characters. It gives them more to chew on and think about how, again, like these two men were brought together, but they didn't live their lives as bastions of their communities. They lived as just people who grew tired of each other. And yeah, one of them goes off, (laughs) gets bit, and then uses his last you know, energies on earth
1: to write this hate filled message mm-hmm. and hangs himself. You right. Know? And, and then the other guy finds his hung partner and this message and he's equally like, he does not show any sort of remorse. He doesn't seem sad at all. He just seems really pissed off. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so I,
0: the other thing I watched this with my uh, brother-in-law and he was talking to me about the game and one thing that I thought was interesting was the way that he talked about Bill's mindset, mm-hmm. which is like paranoid survivor. Mm-hmm. And I really like narratives that do stuff like that, where you have an unreliable narr- narrator who's like impacted by, in this case, more of the reality of what you went through. Like if we went through a zombie apocalypse yeah, I don't know that 10 years in if I was still alive which I would not be. That I would be someone who could live a normal life. Mm-hmm. That I would be somebody who is unstable. I think everybody would be, mm-hmm. you know? And so creating characters where that's more on the on the on the surface and that stuff where like in Interstellar, did you watch Interstellar? Mhm. Um and also War of the Worlds, which you watch. Mm-hmm. Tim Robbins was that right? Where mm-hmm. like he seems like an okay guy, and then he just reveals himself to be a complete <laughs> lunatic. Yeah. And same thing with Matt Damon in um, Interstellar. So I really like characters like that, and I wanted—I was excited for Bill to show that mm-hmm. where he's like not able to just be a normal person. Mm-hmm. He's just driven by survival.
1: Instead, you get the opposite. He it's, turns into the most normal person. Exactly. He turns into the <laughs> most normal person
0: yeah. who also, talk about nitpicking, but totally doesn't make sense how when the Raiders come, he's just he has a scope. <laughs> he's standing in the middle of the road in like firelight, <laughs> like shooting. Get inside. Use your scope. Scope him. Yes. Well,
1: he also has a lot also has a basement full of better guns than, like, a bolt-action hunting (laughs) rifle. Also, Frank runs out there and distracts him, and he immediately gets shot. shot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like, there's so much... Yeah, when you look at it, they did take the story. They made it less challenging. They took Bill and made him a normal guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And... The way that they try to, you know, change that up is, like, right after they have their tender moment, Frank's like, fuck you, Bill. Yeah. You're like, oh, here we go. And he's like, oh, he just wanted to open the boutique. <laughs> right. You know, like, that's, yeah. what that's what this whole big, and there's no real ever conflict when he's like, well, I'm talking to a nice lady on the radio. Yeah. And Bill's like, you what? And then they're, it, it, like, it's just, it's just a light <laughs> relationship story that they're just trying to get to the end to make you like feel something. So I can see the narrative be, I can see where I'm being led by this Mm -hmm. narrative in the end. Do I still find it effective? Yeah. You know, did. Did I want two hours of them or more like challenging? Did I want them to end on notes like the game? Mm -hmm. Probably not because again, if the next episode is depressing, the one after that's depressing. The right. One after that's depressing. That's
1: that's what I was gonna say. Uh, the the guys on the besties described it, I think, as I'm, apparently it's like a known thing, phenomenon or whatever. But it, there's the the terms. I believe it's the terms. It it's either an elevator going up or an elevator going down, right? And the comparison was. Um, Station 11? Yeah. That's an elevator going up Mm. where the beginning of the show starts at the worst place, and then it gets better from there. And The Last of Us is an elevator going down where it starts (laughs) at what you think is the worst spot, but then it just keeps getting worse, right? And so I think it's important... For, can
0: I just make a note that you made the same hand motion for up and down?
1: Yeah, and the, neither of them were up or down, neither of them <laughs> they're they're just, side, it was left or right. <laughs> um, it's a miracle I followed this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a very bleak show, and maybe don't give us 10 episodes of just absolutely the most bleak thing you can think of. You know, it's nice to have something relatively nice in the middle of it Mm -hmm. even though it's surrounded by all this darkness Um, which also reminded me of I think somebody mentioned this on the subreddit I can't remember why it came up but it stuck out to me after the end of the first episode maybe someone thought said they thought or maybe when they heard people talking about the show the creators of the show they thought that it would be structured in this sort of way of, like, each episode being a vignette, mm. which is kind of what this was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm cu- I'm curious if they'll keep doing that. Maybe not every single episode, but, you know, every couple episodes, they have this sort of um, big chunk of the episode where it's sort of taking you away from the Joel and Ellie driving across the country or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. So did you want to walk through the episode a little more? chronologically.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. Like I said before, I don't feel like I have much to say about the show. Cause I don't feel like it's saying much itself. It's just told. It's just a great story or it's a, it's a story that's being, it's got good writing. It's got good acting. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't find anything like, I don't know what to say about the Mm -hmm. show itself outside Mm -hmm. of that. I don't feel like it's making any sort of commentary on anything.
0: And just to comment on that too, I feel like in this episode, it goes back to what we, we talked about last episode, where I was talking about the the general challenges of a zombie story, which is the scares need context. Mm-hmm. You can't just have survivors go into a house be like, clear, 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 and then 10 minutes later, a zombie falls out of the air duct. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? you need to know, like, wait, how did that zombie get up there? <laughs> like, for a character to get bit or whatever, zombie shows and movies tend to lack that context. That The the attacks tend to just happen, which, again, makes it feel more random, mm-hmm. which, again, makes it harder for me as a viewer to connect with that character and that loss because it just feels like you're playing, like, a DD campaign. You've rolled... Poorly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, someone had to die. So yeah, they they thought they were safe. They rested on that tree, but there was a zombie <laughs> right. behind that tree. There was a goblin behind the tree. Yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> and in this, when he talked about not being as connected to Frank and Bill's relationship, mm-hmm. I mean it's right there in the beginning of the in how they meet, right? Frank ends up in a hole. Bill comes out, obviously aiming at the tree line mm-hmm. because there's no way you're you're one person. Mm-hmm. And what does Frank say? There are ten of us. All nine are gone. Mm-hmm. It's just me. And you're like, how? Yeah. How did nine other people <laughs> die?
1: and then you're like you're just stuck in a hole yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got stuck in a hole like yeah was
0: it d- a dumb accident was it dumb luck did they like go a different way and you what without that context you don't know how to feel about frank mm-hmm. and so i not knowing the the game am just waiting for frank to try and kill bill and mm-hmm. bill have to kill frank <clears throat> yeah and it took me so long to realize, oh no, Frank is a good guy. But it's, again, it's because I have no con. It's a guy in a hole mm-hmm. who survived when nine other people died. How? Yeah, I don't know. And he doesn't even seem too, like, handy. He, you know, what you yeah, right? And he all he has on him, right in the hole, is a knife. Does he even have a knife?
1: I don't think so.
0: I don't even think he has yeah. a weapon. So. Again, you you get the sense of just like this character who is dropped out of the sky, put in this hole for Bill to interact with, and yeah, this show can have that feel. What I hope is that it does take time to give context to the characters and the moments that we're going to get, and it doesn't turn into vignettes of, yeah, we made you care about this character, now they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the zombie was, you know, behind the chair the whole time. <laughs> right. Or in the chair. Yeah. It was the chair. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, that that's like, that's the critique of this episode. But, again, going back to my original point is I feel like I don't know what to do with that. Like, yeah, that I think that that's true. I think there's arguments to be made about, like, well, was it really good storytelling? Wait, mm-hmm. wait, what? Weren't you manipulated? Don't you realize it? it's like, yeah, I was manipulated. Yeah, it was kind of convenient storytelling. It still worked for me. I still got to the end of the episode and thought it was really
1: right. And, and great. well, and that's what I'm saying too. Especially about the game is I don't think it is even a particularly like great story, but it's well written and well it's acted. Well, it's well acted and it looks great. And sometimes that's all you need.
0: Yeah, and it goes back to like, what are you looking for out of this thing? Which is again that the question that question I asked you. And, again, go like, you expanded out. I feel the same way about, did you watch The Watchmen Show?
1: No. Maybe the first episode? Yeah. With um, Don Johnson? Yeah. Why'd you get so happy, proud of yourself? (laughs) Because my mom loves Don Johnson.
0: (laughs) Um, So I watched Watchmen, and I thought it was fine. I thought it was interesting. I got some stuff out of it. Yeah, the ending... I could have gone either way on it. But then to hear the discourse mm-hmm. where people are like, if you like Watchmen, the TV show, like, again, go back to finger painting. We don't need you in culture or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. Watchmen? What am I missing? What are you talking about? Right. Like, where, at what point was I supposed to watch that show and go, oh, this is pure trash. Yeah. And and again, maybe it's that expectation of like, wait, why do you go to watch TV? Or why do you go to listen to music or why do you go to read books? Mm-hmm. Like Maybe my purpose is just surface. I just need to be okay with it and be like, yeah, I'm going to like easy stuff. And I just need to get over being made to feel like a mark. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm like bopping to Lil Yachty and someone's like, oh, yeah, you really like music, huh? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite album, Lil Yachty? (laughs) You know what I mean? Just be like, you know what? I don't know, dude. I don't know what you go to music for. Yeah, it could be better.
1: Mm -hmm. Relax. Sure. And like, yeah, Last of Us, that episode was good, damn it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, Okay, so a couple nitpicky things. And this, I guess I don't expect an actual answer to this, but it was just something I was thinking about. Why... Is the show set in 2023? Mm. We know what 2023 looks like.
0: Just make it right. 2033.
1: But the show should have started in 2023. Right? And then the 20 years later is is where we're at now. What is it in the game? I have no idea. I'm sure it's the same thing. But it's like, uh, like I know what the world looks like in 2023. It does not look like this. Obviously, it's very arbitrary. Along those same lines, this is something that bothered me with the first 20-year time jump, and I just didn't bring it up. But I cannot look past it anymore after this episode. Nick Offerman, Murray Bartlett, and Pedro Pascal are five years apart. All three of them are within five years of each other. (laughs) And yet, 20 years later, after the beginning of the thing, uh, Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett are like decrepit, falling apart old men, right? And Pedro Pascal is still just like plugging along, looks pretty young still. Just that whole time jump really, uh, it really threw me off cuz I was not expecting a 20 year time jump because Pedro Pascal already looks a little old at the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the show yeah. and then 20 years later he looks pretty much the same. Right. But the, uh, but apparently in 20 years Murray Bartlett has gotten terminal cancer and can't walk anymore. No, no,
0: he's got like ALS, I thought.
1: Oh, I just assumed it was
0: I think cancer. it's some neurological disease or can can I share a funny little Yeah. <laughs> so I just typed in when does what year does the Last of Us game take place then? Mm-hmm. And I clicked on the Last of Us wiki. I scroll down. Um here's the timeline when it starts. Mm-hmm. It starts in 1636. <laughs> The town of Lincoln is established in northeast Massachusetts. Wow, 1776. Mm-hmm. The Declaration of Independence is signed. <laughs> it's, it's just it's, American history. It's American <laughs> <laughs> history. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess I asked the question. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's my it's my fault. So I need to know in in the 1600s is when the, the when the town they have Joel when Joel graduates high school. <laughs> And marries an unnamed woman. <laughs> okay, I'm not reading anymore.
1: <laughs> um, okay, I had something else. This is the last thing I've got. Do you have anything else?
0: Um, yeah, I have one more. Um, in the late 2000s, Joel and Tommy rent two Harley-Davidson motorcycles on Tommy's birthday and go for a cross-country ride. Beautiful.
1: (laughs) That's great though, actually, because my thing has to do with Tommy. So, like I was saying before, Last of Us, not really much to like dive into, I feel like. Not much to sort of go on from episode to episode. Not like, you know, White Lotus, where you have at least it maybe it's a little arbitrary, but it's at least it's like, well, who dies at the end, you know, or severance, where it's like you're trying to figure everything out. So I thought we could do at the end of every episode. Now we haven't played the game, so we don't know what happens, but we're gonna do a Tommy tally. Okay. Is Tommy alive?
0: Oh, okay. Because
1: that's what they're doing, right? They're, they're going they're going Tommy. to try and find Tommy, Joel's brother. Mm-hmm. So do you think he's alive? Yes or no? Right now? Do yes. you think they're going to find him alive?
0: Oh, I thought you're like at various points in the timeline. Do I think um so again I don't know this story. I know that this is an elevator down story. Right. So right now I would say Tommy is a is gonna be a
1: zombie. Zombie Tommy. Zombie Tommy. <sighs> yeah. Um
0: or is that too obvious? He's going to be like, they're going to get to him. He's going to be like a quadruple amputee riding on a yeah. skateboard with three wheels and subsisting off of.
1: Yeah, like- I feel like they're going to get to him and he's going to be alive for like approximately 30 seconds. And then he's going to get eaten or something. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point. I think they Find him alive.
0: Oh, maybe he's like captured. Yeah. Cause we've been here like we saw some scavengers this episode. We haven't really seen the bandits and all of that.
1: hmm Apparently um, there's other type of types of zombies too.
0: Yeah, Ellie said a few in oh, the did episode she? before this, right? Where she's like, Is it true that there are some that like explode on you or something?
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently, Ellie also in the game finds a gay porno mag in Bill's house. And that's some significant thing.
0: Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what the significance could be.
1: Well, because she's also gay. Okay. Or at some point, that becomes the deal. Because I know that was the big deal about the second episode, the second game.
0: And that's how she discovers her sexuality?
1: Maybe part of An it. An
0: old man's gay magazine?
1: Well, oh, that's what other people were saying on the subreddit too. They were upset that Bill died because apparently her and Bill have some sort of connection. Mm. And that's how she starts to discover
0: her sexuality. her sexuality. So, yeah, I mean, again, I feel like that stuff excites me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'd feel differently if I played the game. I, why would you want to just watch the game?
1: That's the that's what I was saying in the other last week that's too. What I'm saying, and also, one of these comments, uh, where is it at? I watched the cutscene movie on YouTube before the show released to refresh myself, and during the bill parts of the game, I got worried about them having to kill so many zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so that's what i was saying before like you go back and you're getting this story for five minutes and then you go kill 300 zombies <laughs> and get back to the story and it's like okay it's a, it's not really the form this is not the media for this story
0: y- yeah i love that he's doing that episode three like he it seems like he's looking for like not just a shot by shot remake of this, <laughs>
1: but actual gameplay <laughs> Oh, this is what I want to say. So I went and watched that scene on YouTube. Now, I was watching it last night. Maybe I was falling asleep. Maybe I didn't. Which scene? The scene. Oh, sorry. So I'm watching a a scene um, with Bill and Joel and Ellie Mm -hmm. from the game. I'm watching in bed, a little sleepy. So maybe I'm not remembering this 100%, but I'm pretty sure I am. Bill and Joel are walking through a house. They go out looking for Frank. They're walking through a house. They walk into like the living room. Bill or, jo- or uh, Joel is walking like backwards, I guess he has his like back to the wall and they're standing there talking to each other. And then Joel goes and makes like a half turn like this and Hank Hank Frank is hanging from something in the living room, like two feet behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just having this conversation. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: the, so the one interesting thing about that is in in this, they're dead upstairs. And mm-hmm. when Lock, Joel, They're locked in their room. When Joel and Nellie get there. Mm-hmm. And- you have like Ellie just chilling in the house. Mm-hmm. And it is an interesting idea that anyone else would feel absolutely awful being in a house of dead people. Yeah. But especially Ellie, or if you're in that around that time, you just be like, oh, yeah, well, they're not zombies. So yeah. this is. Totally fine.
1: Yeah. Know? Well, I think also there's that scene with Ellie in the um, convenience store or wherever they're at, right? And uh, you know, I think they're trying to show you just how kind of reckless she is.
0: Well, and and how much anger she has too. Yeah. Right. Like she wants, she wants some measure of revenge. Right. She wants a gun. Mm-hmm. She wants to kill these things. She wants to stab it in its head. Mm-hmm. Um. And. Yeah, and so it makes you think, like, maybe they were talking next to a hanging person because they were just like, yeah, this dude hanged himself, but blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's Frank. <laughs> you know? <laughs> maybe the shock wasn't that. It was right, a, yeah, true. It was a dead man. He didn't <laughs> yeah. who the dead guy was.
1: Um, last thing I'll say, this is not necessarily specific to Last of Us, and I guess this probably started with um, 28 Days Later of All, of with the whole fast zombies things, we need to stop. No more, no more of the zombies who are like bang, doing like the fast twitch the stuff, twitch. twitch their head real fast or whatever. It's stupid. I've had enough of it. Right, just they can be fast. That's fine. But, but, but not like the that fast twitch, yeah, it's corny.
0: No, you know what it is? It's the twitch and the pause mm-hmm. because it makes you just think of like. A really dumb dog, that, like <laughs> super excited. <laughs> yeah, and just does that look and pause, and yeah, it doesn't correlate to uh, horror. Yeah. All right. Okay. Did 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 my opening thing make sense? Am I am I getting somewhere with what I'm trying to articulate here?
1: The opening to The Last of Us stuff? The opening that I was trying to say with the little
0: Yachty and the responses and my response. and Sure. But I that. think
1: a, a lot of that, the problem with that now is that s- so much of that is so personal. Like, not personal, curated to exactly what you're looking at. You know what I mean? Where it's like 20, 30 years ago, you could say, Rolling Stone spin, whatever, is saying this. Now it's just kind of like, yeah, these group of people I follow on Twitter. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I don't have that experience. My experience was everybody loved everything. I I think the problem is... But I get what you're saying, for sure. I think the problem is, like, social media gives you access
0: to people's lives a Mm -hmm. little more. Like, it's that weird thing where you kind of know more about these people than you would just a random stranger, but then you get to listen in on their ideas and perspectives on like politics or whatever. And so you follow them and, and you follow them cause they can like make you laugh. And then before you know it, they're like, not just saying, Oh, I don't like this thing, but like, if you like this, you are a child, mm-hmm. you know? And then that makes you think like, am I, you know, yes, yes, I see your point. Yeah, it probably is for the net negative. At the same time, I believe all the scientists, I don't know that we have another hundred years of culture to create. Mm -hmm. So what are we really saving at this point? You know what I mean? Like, oh, down with Marvel so we can get 25 years of like, yeah. <laughs> of like really lo- serious cinema. Yeah. And then the and then the earth burns. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I just don't have a dog in the fight, I guess, mm-hmm. at this point. So yeah. I like it. I'm anticipating the next episode is gonna be depressing as all hell mm-hmm. to balance this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I the last thing I'll say about this, I'm interested as to how they're going to complicate the story because like i said with you it's interesting with a story of two characters where you know these two characters need to live beyond whatever situation that they're in Mm -hmm. usually you need more characters just for that unpredictability of what's going to happen the fact that they could have introduced one and they said no we don't need him makes me both excited uh at their at their confidence of saying like we have enough with these two characters that we can we will keep you guys connected. We don't need a third. Also did did Tess live longer in the game? I too? have no idea. I don't yeah. know either, but you know, there is a version of this where right now the the truck is full of Tess mm-hmm. and Bill and we have a little comic relief and we're mm-hmm. but no, we have two characters taking off into the wilderness and damn for them to just be like, we don't need these crutches. Yeah. That's, that's pretty ballsy. And again, not playing the game. Do they have other characters that they could bring in or is it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. I'm
1: learning through the show is as someone who didn't play the game, I always just thought of the game. Everything I ever saw of the game was just Joel and Ellie. I had no idea that all of these other characters existed. Um one thing I will be interested to see is how they handle that dynamic between the two because up until this point they've stuck pretty closely to the uh grumpy old man sort of bit mm-hmm. um where I think it's p- fairly obvious that um there's supposed to be like a father daughter mm-hmm. connection there and he's you know supposed to be reminiscent of his daughter or whatever. So I'll be interested to see if they if they give into that at all and if he starts to like lighten up a little bit or if he um, they're
0: saving it for one heroic moment at the end.
1: Well, finally. Yeah, I mean I know what happens in the second game. Oh, you do? Yeah. Um Yeah, but I'll be interested to see if if he ever sort of because I think the impression that this episode leaves too with Tess. Tess was his wife or whatever, but they were together for over ten years, mm-hmm. and she was his Frank. Yeah, and last episode he's still pretty cold, like and pretty straight up to Tess. You know what I mean? They don't particularly seem like the most lovey-dovey, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so I'll be interested to see how they handle that with the uh, with Ellie. I still, well. I don't love the character of Ellie. I just don't love the young, precocious, badass, say whatever's on my mind sort of deal.
0: I like her. I I like the little bits like they wrote in this episode where she confronts Joel and she's like, don't be mad at me for the decision you made. Yeah. And I, I really like that. She confronts him there. I got a laugh out of the, hey, 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 hey,
1: hey. yeah, that was great. <laughs> that,
0: that was great. So, I think that there's a, I, I, her in the car, also was she really acted that well? Yeah. The first time in a car, how that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited, interested. Um,
1: you want to play the Dead Space remake? No. Okay. I'm too busy playing Call of Duty.
0: All right. Well, one game at a time. Love you all. I think that's what gives us our five-star ratings.
1: <laughs> that's true. It could be. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.